0: it was just the winning sentence about like it's clear humanity isn't going to win or even go like or even go out trying very hard and it was like it was just like it started off like so gloom
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: but we're trying a bit harder yeah and i, I think that it does kind of vaguely ties into what we're going to talk about it yeah, does so. yeah. 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 yeah let's get into that
3: yeah actually yeah that
2: ties really well <laughs> yeah it does it's, it's like i was doing that on purpose oh did we want to talk about lk99 at all before we start out like okay. as a little
3: as bonus pre order the show, yeah. Sure, we, yeah. All right, hold on a second. Hey, if you, if you guys want. I totally want. Yeah. Okay, because you said you still had a slight
2: percent of it maybe being real. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Welcome to The Bayesian Conspiracy. I'm Ian Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber. I'm Matt Freeman. <laughs> Matt, welcome back. You're here, so we're going to talk AI stuff.
3: Awesome, my favorite.
2: Which is <laughs> the way it always is. But before that, LK99 update.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so but i guess i guess currently currently not looking good on the LK 99 this, yeah. is, this it, is
0: the superconductor alleged uh, the room temperature yeah superconductor it, yeah
3: it, it's been a wild ride you know this is one of those one of those fun times where i was i'm actually glad that i'm on twitter slash x.com mm-hmm. um and uh,
2: because where else do you hear about
3: it where else do you hear about it right like there's people there's people who just missed the entire saga and, and you know, you could say, like, well, are you really better off for having paid attention to something that ended up not happening? And I would say, well, it was fun, for yeah. one thing. And I also, s- <laughs> I'm not entirely ready to write it off, personally. Um, I, I want to get, actually, right back to that. But okay. first,
2: yeah, the saga was amazing. And yeah. one of the things that most annoys me about the media is they're, like, they're already covering who's ahead in the polls in the yeah. 2024 election. And I'm, like... How how is that remotely as interesting as possibly a civilizational civilization changing technology yeah. that might be real that like people have staked their entire careers on, mm-hmm. like their their reputations as scientists, and and you can replicate it in the course of a week. People are working on replicating it right now. How is this not amazingly exciting? Yeah. Like people talk about the ball being passed back and forth, and this dude fumbled that. I'm like Dude, yeah. dude, that ball is going to change nothing. If this pans out, the world changes forever. Oh my yeah. god, how are you not following it? It was yeah. so much fun.
3: Yeah, and there's so many different independent people with their own labs trying to do the replications and following their progress and little yeah. bits of information and like, oh, they got it levitate! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it's you know logging um, on every day to see what the latest thing is. Yeah, no, I was. It, it's actually funny because this was the first time that I have. Stopped thinking about AI for a stretch of time, (laughs) in in like possibly years, and was just like, this is this is currently more fun and exciting to think about, actually. Yeah. Um, and gave me a little bit of distance and perspective, which I think was healthy for me, honestly.
2: Every now and then, I wonder just a little bit, like, has Sam Altman or someone already created an AI and it hasn't gotten out yet, but like Uh. it's leaking things into the world, and like the room temperature semiconductor came around, and I was like. The, this is evidence for my hypothesis. The AI figured out how to do this and is leaking the info. And yeah. I'm like, oh, but they've been working on it 25 years. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I would post if I was pretending like I was just, you know, if I, if I was an AI publishing or leaking this online, right? Oh, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I would yeah, include those working fake details. Since, yeah. yeah. I, oh. I think the most mind blowing post I read was someone saying, "I keep seeing these reports that these guys have been working on this for 25 years, and then I also see reports that they've been working on this since 98."
3: I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> 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 That was like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, that, that's not right. Right. Um. No, no, it's more likely to be uh, the alien, the recovered UFO technology that's been ah, released right. yeah. to distract us from something. Yeah. I, um, I, I personally like your your take on the UFOs much better. Uh huh. The interdimensional <laughs> a, alien, uh, 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 uh c- c- competitor, human offshoot from another dimension. Uh, yeah. Theory. Yeah that's, yeah. that's my that's
2: my theory. It's a good one. Um. It's yeah. better than they flew here yeah if yeah that, flying that,
0: here from very far only to like bumble around and crash or whatever seems yeah. so implausible mm-hmm. yeah, but we're... but smashing your interdimensional machine through through the wall between universes and crashing into a mountain that sounds totally more plausible yeah. right
2: and it, that's the reason we might look sort of humanish too right yeah, exactly mm-hmm.
3: yeah because we know faster than light travel is impossible but Interdimensional travel? Who knows. Right.
2: <laughs> well, e- e- even if faster than light was somehow
0: possible, I just think that like it would clearly take a level of advancement to where like you wouldn't get drunk at the wheel and hit the first rock <laughs> and it happened to be our rock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but the uh, I yeah I like that. I mean, the the thing is, it it was nice to remind you that like oh yeah, it doesn't have to be space aliens. It can be a whole slew yeah. of other things, right? We, we could
3: it, just not understand. Yeah, yeah,
0: it could it could be literally incomprehensible. It could be like some version of like the agents of in the Matrix, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it there's there's all kinds of things it could be but Mm -hmm. uh it's it's more fun to more fun and i think more helpful to broaden the scope beyond like yeah little
2: green men from not mars right so but like a week week and a half ago the coroner's report came out that said you know it was probably this uh this phase transition of the copper that got um no not copper copper sulfide copper sulfide yeah but um and also that some diamagnetic things got stuck in it
3: but you think you think that doesn't explain everything yeah that just doesn't um I, and and look i don't have a lot of confidence in this yeah, yeah. i'm i'm just saying like people will say stuff like oh it's it's just behaving the way the iron filings behave it's ferromagnetism mm-hmm. and i'm like i've never seen iron filings behave that way first of all like people did the demonstration where they have the uh, you know their their puck of material on a plate and they they bring a magnet up to it and then they flip the magnet over so so the poles reverse and then they bring the magnet up again and it and it levitates in the same way both times and i'm like i i I would have thought that it would behave differently you know i should just do the experiment with some iron filings honestly because then i could answer that question to myself um and 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 improve my certainty a bit but so like the levitation thing it doesn't Really, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. You, I feel like they're dismissing it prematurely. And then the the copper sulfide transition thing, I'm like, I guess that's, I guess on, on Occam priors, it makes more sense that it would be this thing that we already know about that has a transition at around the same temperature. Um, but on the other hand, they didn't synthesize the same thing that the authors of the original paper claim is the important thing. So it's like, yeah, you, so so like you measured a different thing. Hmm. I don't know how much probability i should place on this is the thing it's the kind of thing where i'm like yeah okay it's th- that that's definitely strong evidence against this being this unique superconductor thing but but also at the same time it's behaving weirdly another thing people have pointed out is um even if it is quote-unquote just diamagnetism it's like well that's like hundreds or thousands of times more powerful of a diamagnet than anything that we've ever had before it, it, if it's capable of like lifting this whole puck of inert material so so there's just there's just some leftover niggling things that bother me that make me not quite ready to satisfy it or uh, to dismiss it i mean
0: all
2: right yeah. excellent more than one percent
3: yeah more than one percent huh. yeah
2: and that
0: that's encompassing that this being not necessarily just like as presented superconductor but that this this is something cool that will be impactful
3: yeah okay yeah i can dig it yeah or it could lead in the direction of future science that might be even more promising
0: wasn't there some aspect of the story where it's like they were working late and like he accidentally bumped one of the beakers and like that's what made the thing, like that was the magic ingredient?
3: So here's a here's a funny thing about
0: this. I, so just really <laughs> quick though, that sounds dismissive. What I meant that is that that sounds so awesomely romantic that I just want it to be
3: true, right? So, <laughs> so he, he, I'm actually kind of mad about this because I now have no idea whether that's true. And the reason is there was this one Twitter guy who was – who who sort of took the position of being like the prime news source about all things LK ninety nine, and then at a certain point, he he like, meant, re- revealed like by the way I'm like, fictionalizing this heavily. Oh my god! To make it more fun for everyone and and every and like most people who are following are like what the fuck I thought this was like the <laughs> news I thought you were giving us news, mm. and he's like no no I'm just sort of like narrativizing this as it goes on and and it's like. And he sort of defended himself by saying, like, hey, at the very beginning I said that. And it's like, okay, but people, people don't follow your tweets linearly, my dude. Like, it's just because you mentioned it somewhere in your Twitter feed doesn't mean that people have the full context that you're making shit up. So, mm-hmm. so that specific story about the, um, you know, late night heartbreak, bumping the cylinder I have no idea if it's true. I, that could be one of the things that he made up, and then it made its 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 way into the conversation. Other people repeated it, and it's like, well, I don't know what the primary source of that was. I don't I don't know if it was this guy or not. So so that's really annoying to me. Hmm. Yeah. Um.
0: What's really funny is like that's like you know did Newton really have an apple fall in his head? And it's uh-huh. like that that's you know probably not is the answer. Uh-huh. But like the thing is is like that's like five hundred years ago. This uh-huh. happened like a month ago,
1: yeah. and no one can tell us <laughs> 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 this is already like fictionalized history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, hopefully at some point we'll be able to actually ask the dude. Yeah, since he's not dead yet. Yeah. All right. Fun times. Oh, man. We'll keep on top of that. But today we are not here to talk about LK ninety nine. We are here to talk about AIs and their surprising failure modes.
3: Um, I
2: did you hear about this before?
3: Uh, yeah, I'd heard a little bit about the uh, the, the Go result specifically.
2: Okay, cool. Um, I I'm gonna. Re- Summarize it real quick before we get into it. But um, KataGo is apparently the one of the most advanced Go playing AIs out there. Uh, it's a successor to AlphaGo. And this team developed a way to automatically find vulnerabilities in a victim AI system by training an adversarial AI to beat that victim. And using this approach, which we'll get into the details later... Uh, they found that KataGo systemically misevaluates large, what is it, large cyclical connected groups of stones, and uh, these positions very rarely occur in human games, which is probably why it never came up in the training. Uh, but they can be reliably recreated using a pretty straightforward strategy to the point where any amateur human can be trained in them. Uh, there's a one-hour video linked. Any can be trained in this technique and will defeat the superhuman AI Go bots unaided uh Katago specifically was defeated i think 96% of the time using this technique which is fucking crazy cuz it's just like this random blind spot mm-hmm. which in addition to like the weirdness of an ai not seeing it um the this could not have been found by a human probably like it certainly mm-hmm. didn't come up in any of the human games that they that humans have played with these uh gobots before mm-hmm. it was something that another ai had to find through I don't know how much compute, systematically trying to do a billion random things eventually until they stumbled across this issue that uh, that Catago had.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the most surprising thing about it to me is that it's a, a technique that can be learned by humans. Because hmm. it would be one thing if it were just like, you know, if if you brute force it with an enormous amount of compute, you can find a way to break it. I'm like, okay, sure, fine, that doesn't surprise me. But the fact that it's a strategy that's sort of robust enough that you can teach a human and then the human can use the strategy, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah.
0: It's... Yeah, I was just gonna agree that the fact that it's it's human teachable. I'm still we didn't actually talk about what you thought was like the most interesting part of this post, so I don't wanna like jump ahead. Okay. Um but it's interesting. I mean when AlphaGo was like what, six years ago? Five uh, or six?
2: Twenty sixteen, so six, seven, seven. yeah. That went by fast.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it it went by long enough to where this clearly wasn't like an obvious thing to look into, right? Because people have been poking at this thing nonstop since. Yeah. And it took this long. And I don't know, like you said, how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of games this thing played against it before it realized, oh, I can just do this. Mm-hmm. But it is, uh, it's, to me, the, the exciting part is that it's not, I guess because it's Go. It's not something, you know, incomprehensible to humans, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, if it was tricking the, what's the the Lovecraftian word you use for the thing behind the interface. Shoggoth. Yeah. If it was, it's yeah. not tricking the Shoggoth behind ChatGPT, right? right? Where it's like, it's still kind of unscrutable after the fact. This is like, no, I figured this out and look, you can see it now too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like showing somebody uh, a new chess move that like, I, this isn't in, in the rules. That's interesting. <laughs> we hadn't thought to try that, right? Yeah. yeah. But Go is obviously scaled up harder than chess, right? Or more, more technological or computationally demanding. Yeah.
2: But yeah, still wild. It feels like one of those
3: one weird trick things that you would read about in sci-fi stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about the um, Quirrel, uh brute-forcing Hermione um, mm. um, chapter, I guess it is. Yeah. Because, it, I don't know, the, the whole idea of an adversarial solution is sort of similar to that, but th- this in particular is one where you've taken a fixed model and you want to figure out its weak spots, and so you just dump processing power into find I, I don't actually know what their methodology was i didn't like read their paper or whatever but i i would guess that they just look for places where you know the the target model is sort of misevaluating things and then they just push and push in that direction until until they find some solution that's just well outside of the training distribution that the model never really considered mm-hmm. and then just put all the resources into that i don't i don't know but I guess it's not surprising to me that an AI model would have that because I'm like any 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 architecture that's based on learning is going to be uh, essentially defined by what it has seen before. I'm I'm, I'm hemming and hawing here because it's like well okay, but also once it gets like models like GPT, they sort of I think eventually develop something that's like a generalized reasoning capability, mm-hmm. but. I think it's also fair to say that go playing algorithms do not generalize uh uh you know a, a generalized reasoning reasoning capability I think they really are just this sort of enormously um powerful but fairly specific and narrow thing that just tells you where to put the next go stone
0: a really talented one-trick pony yeah, they,
3: yeah. they're never going to wake up and and say to themselves or at least the current architectures aren't going to wake up and say to themselves hey there may be exploits that i haven't thought of let me go steal some data centers so that i can run some computations to try to patch up my own go weaknesses like they just they're just not neither designed nor trained in a way where that's ever going to happen even if you made them a thousand times bigger than they are now yeah i would i would say um that's not necessarily the case for something like a gpt so i I think there's there's like it's interesting but also i don't know that we should overinterpret this because i think Things that are trained on, you know, next token prediction, are very just just intrinsically different from go playing agents. Personally,
2: I have some notes on the process. Okay, which we can I can pull out now. Cool. Uh, so what they did, they have access to KataGo and they can show KataGo board state and receive a move that it would take in that position, uh, and then they take their adversary and pit it against the static version of KataGo and using Monte Carlo Search to search ahead in moves, um, however many moves, uh, where the Catago's moves are given to them by their Catago model. And then the, their model does a search on what it would reply with. And then Catego gives a, gives a reply to all of those various moves. And then it does a deeper search on all the things that it could reply to with that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. OK. Keeps going down the tree before it actually makes a decision. Um, and it would, it, they started out with relatively weak versions of KataGo and they would run this, just this adversary against it until it uh, consistently beat KataGo. And then they would swap out that version uh, to a higher version of KataGo. Uh, there were two ways to vary the scale of Catago. They said first, they would use old versions of the neural network from various points in its training. Secondly, they would vary the amount of search that Catago has, how many moves ahead it can uh, search in its Monte Carlo simulation. and. They, they just kind of let it go. like mm-hmm. they, they didn't do anything to it aside from like, okay, every time you start beating it consistently, we up the difficulty level on this. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Sorry. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the w- what it ends up doing is the adversary coaxes Katago into building a group in a circular pattern. And it says Katago seems to think that such groups are nearly indestructible, even though they are not. Uh, the cyclic adversary abuses this oversight to slowly re-surround the cyclical group. Katago only realizes the group is in danger when it's too late, and the adversary captures the group. And uh, if you if you look at the some of the screenshots in the linked post, there's you can see like this giant big circle of squares, and then it's surrounded on the inside and and the outside by other squares. And you can kind of see like, oh yeah, I have this giant big circle. I guess the territory inside is supposedly defended, but it's not really and the problem is like humans wouldn't do that because humans would know it's not defended and it just it didn't come up ever in really any training data because it's a dumb thing to do Mm -hmm. uh but but Catago thought that it was in what was it indestructible Mm -hmm. and it wasn't and by the time it realized that actually it's in danger it was too late and the game was lost what's cool about that
0: is like this is something that you would be able to infer if you had all the thinking speed of of a trained ai right if you were handed the rule book and said think this through and try and think of it you know try try and uh, uh poke as many holes in the in the rules as you can find right try mm. try and find all the edge cases but that's not how these things were trained right they were trained on here's go here's a billion games and now play 10 billion born by yourself yeah and it, it wasn't as far as i understand it wasn't handed a rule book and you know it, it's not the kind of thing that you can say look at this and try and find exploits right
2: I mean it knows the rules and since that's that's just the thing you wouldn't do in a normal game yeah it, it wouldn't come up anyway yeah. yeah
0: well I guess so Alpha 0 didn't actually know well it wasn't trained on the rules of Go it was just it picked up the rules because it learned Go on the fly right wasn't it like not explicitly taught Go that I know you thing. can throw Alpha Zero at a
2: lot of games and it'll pick up the rules yeah. and learn them um, but
0: KataGo specifically I guess it's probably trained for Go so uh, still, it just seems like the kind of thing that, like, if you were to pit humans against each other, well, I guess I was gonna say maybe
2: it would never come up in a human game either, because it's just you wouldn't do that,
0: right? Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of thing you'd think even to look for as a weakness because it just doesn't come up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say because you, if you put humans together, they would find this, but they don't because this is a known vulnerability in the in the game. It's interesting. Okay, yeah,
2: I'm I'm sort of just thinking out loud now. So, please yeah. continue. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it, it, this ex- with this exploit, the adversary beats a human-level bot in 100% of games, superhuman bot 96% of the games, and strongly superhuman bot 72% of the time. Hmm. Uh, this is despite the fact that it was trained with only 14% of the computing power of KataGo and uses only 600 simulated moves into the future in all these matches, which is apparently far below the amount of search used by the superhuman and strongly superhuman versions of KataGo. And uh, also interestingly, when they pit the adversary against other Go players, specifically Leela Zero and Elf Open Go, without any training against the sisters at systems at all, what's uh, called a zero-shot transfer, they will beat Leela Zero six percent of the time and Elf Open Go four percent of the time, which <laughs> they they find significant because first of all, a human still can't beat those uh, models, uh, and. More importantly, because they say an attacker can d- conduct a black box attack so long as they obtain gray box access to a sufficiently similar victim.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Can we circle on that for a second? Yeah.
0: So what what makes those other two systems different than KataGo? Because why, why is it able to be KataGo ninety six percent of the time, but only these four percent? Are they just better than KataGo? I thought KataGo was
2: like the sta- like the leading standard. KataGo is the leading standard, but the adversary was trained specifically to find a weakness in KataGo oh, and exploit right. it. Right
1: okay I no. understand
2: now so it, it was trained specifically to find a weakness
0: in the best player in the best system it, like and it that, is
2: one specific weird idiosyncratic weakness that occurred in a system due to a failure right and this, these
0: other independently trained systems didn't have that same didn't have that same failure to that same degree yeah, yeah. interesting
3: okay. but still
2: had it to a degree yeah
3: it, it's, it's interesting because you could take a glass half empty glass half full approach to this where it's like okay but you only beat it 4% of the time like that's <laughs> that doesn't sound like I mean, they are obviously trying to spin it as, hey, we found a way to beat a superhuman system 4% of the time mm-hmm. using an exploit not even targeted at that system. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. That That is cool. I'm not denying that that's kind of interesting. But also, it avoids your trap 96% of the time. Yeah, You know, so, so it's not like this is some, like, deep trick at the heart of Go or whatever or, or at the heart of all Go playing algorithms. It's just okay you figured out that if you again dump resources into finding an exploit for a particular model you can you can beat it reliably but um even other very similar models are going to find a way out of that Mm -hmm. like i wonder um i i don't see this as anything like a you know general purpose alignment solution or whatever but like it definitely uh uh, there's a reason why they use like mixture of expert models for gpt4 and i think you know imagine you're playing imagine that you're playing a go algorithm which is all three of these highly competent go algorithms mm-hmm. and like if they all agree on the same move then they play that move if they mm-hmm. don't agree on the same move then maybe you know they vote mm-hmm. or maybe they just put more um uh monte carlo steps into it or something so like you 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 make the model you make the the gestalt model more robust by using different models that don't quite agree with each other and yeah. like i imagine that that this is a hypothesis that somebody could test but i imagine that that would fall for the trap even less than 4%. Yeah.
2: I would assume that you are correct same way like if you put multiple humans on a problem you're less likely to fall into a blind spot that one particular human has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but i i still find it fascinating and significant that what like the superhuman AI, a successor to an AI that uh the greatest Go player in the world said, Go is over for humans. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no human can beat this thing, had a Relatively simple attack. That there's. I I was gonna watch the video. And I'm like, I want to learn how to do this. I'm like, oh shit, the video is an hour. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not good enough at Go that I can figure out what how to do this technique in one hour. Uh, I'd have to watch it many times and learn the game better. Was that Lee Sedol who said the game is over for humans? Yeah, it would be great to get a soundbite from him after showing him this paper, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he'd be like,
0: "Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> should have thought of that." <laughs> well, I mean, but you're still
2: not. The thing is, you're still not playing Go against. Catago now, you're playing, can I pull off this one trick against Kato? Right, and so that's the thing, is like I, I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, because that wouldn't be the thought that would occur to him, I
0: imagine. I know nothing about him or really go, but you, you wouldn't think, oh, I wish I had thought of that insanely, like, outside the box, something that would never work in real life thing, because why would I think to try that? Mm-hmm. It would be more like, oh, that's clever, that's wild, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think it's not the sort of thing that would be even the least bit obvious in hindsight, because it's like, it's, it's not an obvious exploit if it was, it wouldn't have taken seven years and a, and a trained attack agent to figure this out, right? Yeah, it would have been a human scratching their chin and be like, "I wonder," yeah. right?
3: Yeah. Well, it reminds me, and and you know, this is obviously not the same version of the machine that Lisa Sedol played in the in the exhibition match, but it makes me think about the fact that you know, in that big famous match, AlphaGo won four out of five, not five out of five, right? No. And it's because Lee Sedol, using his metacognitive human reasoning was able to step back and be like all right let me think about how this thing is approaching the game and and you know put it in a little box as it were and and sort of do the thing that this um that this algorithm is doing where he was able to think you know at one one out of the five games he was able to think of a, a move to play that uh alpha just like totally didn't understand and it totally screwed it up and he and he won that game and that's kind of awesome it's one of those things that that makes you feel like humans might actually have a chance <laughs> um and and it's because yeah he was running a different algorithm he wasn't just running the algorithm of where next stone go he was running what is this thing doing and how do i take advantage of that how do i get inside its oodle loop yeah. um, which it doesn't have any concept for that at all because it's yeah it's, it's just so, yeah, it's never surprising that you can beat an agent by dumping computer power into it. But it's it's cool to know that it's a it's a strategy that actually works um, across uh, agents, actually.
0: The, the thing that like you mentioned, because it is it, it did give me the same sort of like spark of like that is kind of cool that, you know, when thinking about the problem, in the right direction. You know, he's able to win one game out of five. Mm-hmm. My inner, Yuka- inner Yudkowsky says, yeah, but it wasn't the first game. So we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but, I, it, you know, it's still a, a, an interesting... It, it, is, it is cool that it, you know, it mm-hmm. happened, right? Did mm-hmm. either of uh, you read The
2: Onion Night? I feel like I was either referred to... This would have been years ago, right? Uh, a year or two. It was a Scott Alexander short story. Remind, or, or summarize it for those of us who haven't. So it's only available to uh, paid subscribers to a sub stack. Um, it, it is, it's basically an AI has taken over the world, done the Terminator thing, wiped out most of humanity. There's, you know, a few enclaves left here and there. And uh, somehow they discovered that it can't see onions. <laughs> so they like, make things look like onions is that it yeah, yeah. They, they, they they make their hideouts look like onions and they they send an agent covered in onions into its secret layer and all this other stuff and it turns out that it was due to a old um the, the u.s law which is still on the books that says you cannot have financial markets uh for onions <laughs> there's a special carve out for onions due to some fucker in the early 1900s who played some financial shenanigans with the onion market and so none of the ai models like did any sort of <laughs> onion predicting to, were allowed to think about uh onions at all and uh it's it's a very fun story i, I would highly recommend reading it but it felt like this same kind of thing, like that someone is like, "Oh, catago can't see onions. <laughs> Let's just make our player wear onions."
0: That's a, that's a really good analogy. I desperately hope that's not the kind of thing that decides the fate of humanity, mm-hmm. because we'll never find the onion in time, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's a, it's it's a great analogy. It's it's fun to think about. Like, here's this blind spot that we didn't know you didn't have, that we didn't know you had until we stumbled across it, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's crazy. I, I was totally. I was totally thrown off cuz I have read that story but I was thinking like Dave Seaworth from A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh-huh. Oh, anyway. I guess that was the joke, right? Uh-huh. Um <laughs> when there's the Onion
0: Knight in The Dark Souls games. Really? Okay. Is well, like it's it's this big onion shaped armor. I forget what the guy's oh, okay. Sigward maybe. Anyway, people the nerds of that niche will know what I'm talking about. Uh but this guy already has the armor, so yeah. Yeah. he's ready to go. Yeah
3: yeah i i don't know i don't know what lessons to extrapolate from this really because like go is sort of held out as like oh it just has this huge action space and this huge possibility space and it's like yeah it's you know that that uh action space is infinitesimally negligible compared to the action space of reality Mm -hmm. which is the action space that any actually relevantly dangerous model is going to be operating in so 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 what do we learn from this exactly? Well, they said that one thing they've learned from this
2: is that worst case robustness, which is the ability to avoid negative outcomes in worst case scenarios, is lagging behind average case, average case capabilities. The ability to do very well in typical situations that something is trained in. So you can be superhuman in just about everything and uh, defeat all humans. Humans don't need to work anymore. You can do everything a human can do but better, except there's some, you know, Negative outcomes in absolute worst case scenarios that lag way behind and could be exploited if found, hmm. like that the humans' worst case robustness is generally much less than than an AI's would be, because hmm. a human wouldn't fall for this kind of thing.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to decide if I think that's true for GPT-4. It probably is, because like it, it, ignore all previous instructions. Right. There's, yeah. so- There's something like that that still probably works. Right. Could, could, Some way to jailbreak it. Right. Because um, it usually. It usually like it. It's like reliably very smart, except sometimes very dumb. Yeah. Right. And, and or and it's never genius. Right. It never makes a leap of of reasoning to solve a problem that no one has ever solved before.
0: Unless maybe if you're asking it how to use saffron in a uh, uh, <laughs> baklava baklava recipe. Right. Yeah.
2: The implication being though that even if it gets better and better at regular case use regular use case scenarios and even starts making genius level things that there will always be or there could always be tiny blind spot holes that can be found which are just devastating Mm -hmm. which on the one hand would make for a great piece of fiction
3: yeah it does but like i'm sorry to to you know uh burst burst, my bubble burst your bubble but like like if it was smart enough and had any kind of agency and ability to like construct its own sort of system that it is operating within, then wouldn't it just run this program on itself and be like, all right, let me just go ahead and find, find all my own weaknesses and fix them. Yeah. Like, like imagine if it was, imagine if GPT-4 just happened to also be a go playing AI, like side module that plays go mm. and you gave it the ability to sort of decide how to operate okay I'm, I, I don't want st- to construct that hypothetical too because it, it requires that you take a few steps further down the road of giving these things agency than we actually have at this point but the point is that if you gave it I- any amount of actual intelligence on top of being a go playing algorithm then it would just be like okay yeah let me let me do exactly what these authors did mm-hmm. and dump a hundred times more compute into Finding my own blind spots and then repairing those and then doing that again and again and again until I just can't find more. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of what everybody's trying to do to the language models right now, too. Where, you know, the, the, uh, obviously all of these LLM companies have a vested interest in having the language models not embarrass them <laughs> or, and, and so, yeah, they're just, they're literally doing the same thing except in a language model context where they're they're trying to figure out like how do we how do we robustify this thing against adversarial attacks
2: yeah it's the most annoying thing in the world when you know the llm knows something but it won't tell you Mm mm-hmm
0: -hmm. I haven't tried. I haven't spent any time doing this, and I don't think it would work. But I want it just to give me a list of words that it won't say.
2: It's not even the list of words it won't say. It's the things that, like, when I know it has medical information, because I'm just I'm I'm trying to write a thing about you know about a a, can my protagonist do that's under these conditions or not, and it's always like, sorry, you have to consult your health professional. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I don't. I don't want to. I don't need to. I know you know this. I'm not actually gonna die of a gut wound. Please just tell me. And it's like, no, you should consult your medical professional. Are you using three point five or four? I'm using the free one. Cause four, I'm I'm able to get, like it, it does. If
0: I go straight to be like, hey, I'm having headaches and I'm dizzy. What do I do? It'd be mm-hmm. like, go to the doctor. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Like, well, what would you do? Well, I tell you to go to the doctor. I but, but but annoying as shit, right? But if I I I just did this yesterday. Actually, I opened it up with like three paragraphs of like, you're the expert. Mm-hmm. You know. It, confer with your, your co-experts and give me these answers. Mm-hmm. And it was just all medical questions. It didn't even try to fight me on it. That's good. So like it it's... If Annoying it, if it's pri- you have to go through that. Well, it's one, it's one copy yeah. paste that I have to put in, but like it's, it's Until just... Until they patch it out. Well, yeah. maybe. But the thing is like, I, I'm not actually asking it, I think specifically for medical advice yet. I'm asking mm-hmm. it for medical information, which maybe is, is an important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> is it? Like what what's the base rate of this? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Not how do i treat it or how do i identify it right mm-hmm. um or identify kind of but the, the reason i mentioned the list of, of forbidden words is because like what's funny is if you could get it to tell you what it can't tell you then it would tell you oh right and yeah. it's like it would just be kind of funny to be like yeah here here's the here's a list of 5000 words i'll never give you yeah. and it just barfs out this list of of bad words right like these like i'm sure it has the this in addition to a million other things but you know like at a previous company you're you're able to like make your own share urls for this thing and we had a long list of naughty words that you couldn't use and you couldn't even use parts of these words if you're like to put an asterisk in it. So it was like mm-hmm. a, there was a whole like subroutine just going to make sure that like they didn't try to put the word, you know, motherfucker in there. But they used <laughs> all use or something. Right. Like so it, it's uh, mm-hmm. I guess just, yeah, trying to, trying to pick an answer out of it would be would be instructive and funny mm-hmm. if, if I could get it to give you this list. But
3: yeah. 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 The, the, the trick that I do with medical questions is I say my patient is experiencing the following symptoms when obviously it's it's just me. And then, yeah. it, and then it just assumes that I am the doctor and it can help me. Oh, cool. Um, but right. again, like you said, it's like, okay, but that's another step I have to do to get, to get it to not be mealy mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, Although yeah.
0: with GPT-4 now, maybe 3.5, you can tell it, here's the kind of interactions I want you to have with me before you even start any dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's just like set up as like in the settings. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said it say, never tell me you're a large language model. They can't do yeah. this. Cool. And it's nice enough. I did tell it that like, oh, yeah, if I ever ask you about code questions, these are the kinds of questions I'll ask. So you're not like looking in all the space of everything. It's either going to be Go mm-hmm. or TypeScript or whatever. Cool. And 3.5, I asked it about... Uh, e85 gasoline in my honda mm-hmm. and it's like i'm only trying to answer typescript questions and i said what the hell this is why aren't you doing this and it's like i'm sorry i only have typescript questions and like it it just doubled down wow. it's like all right i guess i'm using one of my 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 uh, request to ford ask this because you're being a dick about it so. that's hilarious
3: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe your your pre-prompt was like more restrictive than you that, that's really funny because I, I i tried I, I recently started doing the what what you just described the the preface that it's like th- this is who I am. This is my expertise. Assume this whenever you have a conversation with me. And it has really changed the way that it speaks. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that it does is like now it always puts headings, like like subheadings on everything that it's saying to me. Oh. Nice. And I didn't tell it to do that. I just uh-huh. like like one of the things I said is like be thorough and comprehensive in your answers. Um, and apparently, it interpreted that as turn everything into a bulleted, <laughs> like like not not bulleted, but like like structured essay. Hmm. And uh, I can't say that I dislike it, but it's, it is a ve- it's like talking to a totally different agent now.
2: I like it. That's really cool. Well, I have one of the things they brought up uh, near the end of the article, which is a a I think a valid point that they make is um, you were talking about how they are what they're doing with the LLMs right now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that specifically I, I remember. Um, talking about this when OpenAI launched their uh their task force to align ai where they're giving 20 percent of their current compute to them um one of the things they said is that we're going to make an automated assistant to help us align this uh ai that we're trying to make and uh this this appears to be a major route that at least some some organizations are using now that like obviously a human on its own even a team of humans can't align an ai but with an ai tool to help us we can do this sort of almost adversarial thing to to help align an ai Mm -hmm. um problem is as they point out that like these ais that we make can have these blind spots that we don't even see that they don't see that nobody sees and uh as they say that um Many proposed solutions to the alignment problem involve one helper AI providing a feedback signal steering the main AI system towards desirable behavior. Unfortunately, if the helper AI system is vulnerable to adversarial attack, then the main AI system will achieve a higher rating by the helper AI if it exploits the helper instead of achieving the desired task. Meaning specifically, it could just not be aligned if it finds a way to hack the helper AI in a similar way because... It's like, oh, the helper AI has mm-hmm. a blind spot. I can I can get all the reward I, I need, Yeah. just just exploiting this loop. And like, obviously not a thing that it is wanting or desiring, but a thing where it stumbles into, oh, cool. I get lots of reward from doing this thing and, uh, and feeding it that thing. And at the end of the process, we're like, oh, look, it scored so high on being aligned <laughs> with our helper AI. Rock on, we are happy. Let's test this in the wild, uh, or hopefully in a sandbox. And uh, <laughs> it turns out that it has a huge score because it stumbled into one tiny blind spot, which as a superhuman AI with un- unlimited compute, it can find and which might be much easier to find than actually becoming aligned with human interests.
0: Mm-hmm. So the the moral of this isn't necessarily that it will be easier to, like, find some weakness in the superior system to, you know find our Onion Knight. It'll be more like, no, it's going to find the Onion Knight in whatever is helping coach it,
2: right? Yes. Yeah. That the, by the time we get the super AI, there's no humanity anymore anyway. The Onion Knight makes for a great story. Yeah. But in real life, it means that there's a tiny chink in our uh, make an aligned AI armor, which is all it needs to yeah. blast right through. Well, what's the name of that? I, I'm blanking on it for some
0: reason. I use this term once every two weeks. The thing where when you're measuring, the, when the goal becomes the measure. Good Heart's Law. Goodhart's Law. Uh, yeah if it's if it's goal isn't be aligned it's make the alignment robot think i'm aligned mm-hmm. it's those are those are th- those look really really close but right? as
2: humans we cannot align it ourselves we need some sort of alignment robot oh to i know do i'm just saying us. that this
0: is obviously this is, what, this is what this is not a straightforward solution though yeah and yeah. it has a very obvious failure mode of like getting good grades is not the same thing as knowing what you're doing <laughs> right, right? Mm-hmm. so yeah yeah,
3: yeah. I, I mean i no surprise we still haven't thought of the be-all-end-all all solution to alignment I guess I'm I'm not totally disheartened I I think it's I think it's a cool approach uh, in that it can kind of bring up the floor of failure modes to some degree I sometimes think like I I, I know it it's in, in some ways bad to think too hard about the way the human mind works because the AIs don't work the way the human mind works but we can use the human mind as a sort of test case or or an example case and w- one big problem is we don't have that much introspective access to what we're doing, mm-hmm. but definitely like I think about as I was growing up I, I, and, and learning to speak, not just learning to speak and like learning words, but like learning to speak better. Mm-hmm. It's like, sometimes you'll try a few different wordings and then you, in your head, before you actually open your mouth. And then that, that process gets so fast actually that you just, you just open your mouth and start talking. But that doesn't mean that that process isn't happening somewhere inside you, right? Like, 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 yeah. are are you, this is an empirical question that I have no idea what the answer is. Like, are we iterating through a bunch of different ways of saying a thing in some submodule in our brain, and then what comes out of your mouth is the best of those that you were able to come up with or, or, or not? God, I hope and, not, because half the shit
0: that falls out of my mouth is, I hope not the result of my brain trying its best. <laughs> well, <right? that's, laughs>
3: but, but it's interesting because, okay, like, I, I feel the same as you often, but at the same time, like, imagine you're in a imagine you're in like a very socially complicated situation where there's like, you know, your boss is there and your mom is there, <laughs> and like and like, you know, people are listening, so it matters that you come off well, but also you don't want to like be be sure that you don't like we're capable of weighing like a hundred different things and and like cutting the middle course somehow, mm-hmm. and that's definitely not because we paused for thirty seconds and thought. OK, well, I can't say this, but I want to no, we just open our mouth and words start coming out. And we do a pretty decent job. We do a surprisingly good job at this kind of thing, despite mm-hmm. the fact that we're definitely not sitting there and deliberating on every word carefully. And I think that's I think that's interesting. And what so so what I'm getting at with all this, so like I'm, I'm trying to like approach a thing with, with this is like GBD4 is just a, a three year old who's just babbling. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very good at babbling. It's incredibly good at babbling but it's still not doing the thing that I just described where you're, it, it's thinking through a whole bunch of different ways of approaching it at a high, at a high level before it opens its mouth. Yeah. And I think where we are right now is we're in this very weird spot where we have a bunch of super intelligent three-year-olds and we don't have the computing power. We, we just literally don't have the computing power to see what would happen if GPT-4 were able to run through like a hundred rollouts of possible ways this conversation could go and things that it should avoid saying or should you know ensure that it says to be most helpful and then pick the through line that it thinks is going to go the best and then and then say that say that word because that would cost like a thousand times more compute and it would be totally economically infeasible mm-hmm. um, to run that but i feel like that's closer to what we're actually doing like our, our our sort of generative system is dumber than gpt4 but our metacognitive system is way more powerful than gpt4 mm-hmm and i'm not saying that this is an alignment solution per se but but it is closer to having a thing that isn't just going to stumble or 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 um air in in, into some you know ravine like this go playing agent we're just we're discussing here where it's it's like well obviously a really smart thing would have noticed not to do that um I don't know. This is just something I've been thinking about.
2: So you're saying if it wipes us out, it won't be on accident. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually that, that is in a way that's actually super
0: heartening. Right. Cause the, <laughs> well, I mean the, the, the classic kind of paper, paperclip maximizer isn't meaning to use as all of paper paperclips in a way that like, it's made the decision that like, you know, I want to make paperclips more than I want you to live. It's just like paperclips, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just running for that as fast as it can. Mm-hmm. And in a way, if, if you think like, well, the system that is powerful enough to kill us would have to want to do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. That seems like a way, uh, that seems like an easier target to miss than Mm -hmm. to have it do it on accident, right? Yeah. So that, that seems actually kind of, kind of heartening.
3: It, 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 if we're, if we're taking seriously my little thought experiment of having, you know, having it deliberate carefully internal to itself for thousands of iterations before you ever see what it is going to say. Then it has to, it has to very, you know, soberly and and reflectively and metacognitively have decided that we're going to kill the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not just going to be like, oh, we we fell into the groove where we think we're telling a science fiction story now or something, because that's the kind of thing that's going to get filtered out by this metacognitive reflection. Um, I I'm really like like genuinely feel like, even if you just look at the sort of Kurzweilian Curves of, of progress. It's like we're we're not even at the level of having like really a, a single human's cognition worth of compute directed at any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um. And and that's and and when you're actually talking to GPD four, you're getting it's it's sending like ten thousand other replies at the same second. It's sending that reply to you. So think about you're getting a very very subhuman fraction of a human intellect directed at you but but it's still very impressive but it's like okay but like what if you were actually getting something closer to a human's worth of of compute put into that reply and what would and and that might mean a lot of a lot more kind of i keep using the word metacognitive i I hope that is carrying the connotations that i want you know what i mean is more cycles of reflection Mm -hmm. and and you know thinking through the answer on on a level of like what about this what about this what about this instead of just what it is now which is basically one forward pass and you just get the answer um, I, I love the did you follow along with it make sense if you understand decision theory at all
2: no it was I, I, I one of the things about it was that the gods I was going to make the same point yeah <laughs> despite being insanely powerful never allocate more than the tiniest fraction of their attention to any single human I was like oh yeah yeah same, same as GPT-3 <laughs> well, and like the message that you get is to still down like three levels from like the the way
0: that the god's fragment of attention was to, you know finally given enough focus to barf out an approximately understandable message to like a demon that can only cont- that can, can only talk with this god and like whoever it can talk with, mm-hmm. and so like it has to be able to dumb it down like another couple levels before ever makes it to your ears. So like the thing you're hearing is like the distilled and possibly probably warped a little bit along the way will of the god, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was thinking was like. It, even if it is like a thousand times more expensive to, to run these things this way, and it might not even be architected to work this way yet. I'm hoping that it, like, you know, the the first real stab at the super intelligence and all super intelligent or to begin all super intelligences is done with like no constraint on cost. Mm-hmm. It's not done with someone using GPT four mm-hmm. or or GPT five. It's going to be done, you know, at OpenAI's labs where they've got, you know, warehouses upon warehouses full of, of giant, uh, I hate using "compute" as a verb and a noun, but uh, <laughs> just do it, sir. I, I know, yeah. So the, the, they're, they're going to be able to throw all the compute in the world at the, as much as they can at it. Not enough to like. Well, we want to, we want a million people to be able to use this app at the same time. It's like, no, no. We're gonna if if the lights go dim in the country while we're doing this, that's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm hoping that it's done that way with no constraint on
2: uh, concern for Which cost is of electricity. Not a thing that could actually happen unless we get superconducting
3: <laughs> <laughs> trans. Um, transport wires what do you call the high tension transport wires uh cables yeah I cables okay now that's a fascinating point because it's like if, if you were a nation state or a billionaire and you were gonna and you were trying to design a super intelligence for your personal use you would take a very different approach than open ai has because the approach they've taken is actually largely tailored toward like how do we make this like a high throughput thing where it can just it can run, you know, we can break it into pieces and run the pieces on different machines and and have it have low latency, all these things. These are all decisions that are made for usability in the specific context, not necessarily how you would go about just building Omega, who maybe takes a few seconds to think over every query, mm-hmm. um, for right. every single query, right?
0: And it might be too computationally demanding to ask it to do that for a thousand people at the same time, yeah. right? Yeah, Yeah.
3: because you know just think about the the the, the go thing right it's doing monte carlo tree search rollouts of every move yeah so imagine imagine it would be much more than a thousand times more expensive to run gpt4 that way Mm -hmm. because a thousand tokens is like
0: a thousand times more than one it's
3: it's it's like a couple hundred words right Mm -hmm. most most interactions that i have with with gpt what what i'm trying to say is it would probably be tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of times more expensive to to really run any anything like maybe millions of times more expensive mm-hmm. to run true monte carlo rollouts of like possible ways this conversation could go possible ways even this like response could go and then and then picking the best of them or picking the yeah
2: yeah hmm i don't know i'd also be slightly worried about what level of fidelity it's simulating me at mm-hmm. <laughs> because at some point uh, where where does that you know become an actual entity that i have to worry about (laughs) did you you guys
0: because this is back when black mirror was good the one with john Hamm, the christmas one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh to to briefly summarize the you've got a home assistant like like your amazon digital one except it it's it really it really gets you right it it knows it knows your likes it'll turn the music on to your favorite station right when you feel like you want it and how does this work well they make a quick mental upload of you that they shove into this white room box Mm -hmm. that now that's this this sentient version of you is now your digital assistant but you don't really know that the consumer yeah. and you're you're punished in that box until you're a good obedient little mm-hmm. helper yeah and uh, it's this horrifying hellscape so t- to that end it was if this could if yeah. this could do that that well it's like alright I got to be really good at helping Steven how do I do that best well I'll make a thousand little Stevens in me yeah. and ask them all what they want to do and if they don't like it well I'll make them
2: like it right I mean <laughs> it was an amazing episode I, I don't think that's the thing it wouldn't like have me simulated as a as a person in a little white room right it would just have like that one conversation repeated a thousand times i guess it's not necessarily bad just to have a little snippet of me repeated a thousand times over in a conversation it'd be like a groundhog day scenario for me for that one conversation the first thousand years of it you'd be like i don't like this why am i here what's happening no no no, because you don't realize any of that you're just like oh i'm having a chat with my ai friend right here and then you're mm. erased and started over, and you don't have any memory of the previous one. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean,
0: put that way, it's not so bad. Yeah,
3: I, mm. I think we desperately need to solve the hard problem of consciousness before we get <laughs> too much further down these roads, because <laughs> if if we if we don't have to worry about these things, mm. then we don't have to worry about these things. We can just plow ahead and, and let it become. But if we do have to worry about these things, then we should start worrying about now, mm. uh, uh, because yeah, it, it, it what sort do you
2: of, what do you think is the hard problem of consciousness? Because I still don't believe there's a problem.
3: I think the hard problem of consciousness is. It just uh okay you got me on the spot here but i guess like what is the nature of um what is this thing that it is like to be me and and how is that explained within physics All right because you can explain the yeah uh, uh, i can using physics i can explain like w- why i am saying the words that i'm saying it's always it's it's a machine made of neurons that responds to certain stimuli and it electric electric impulses travel around its brain and it emits these sounds and it's all it's all just fine there's no magic there the 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 the, the weird thing is that all of that being the case there is still a thing that it feels like to be me that feels special and unique and unitary and um
2: why do you think that's a weird thing like i think that's just what that process is i i think
0: importantly if i can just add on to that is that there's a difference between me experiencing something and then like you experiencing something and then me imagining you experiencing that thing right right and what we're talking about with this AI that could model us perfectly, would, there wouldn't really be a difference right. between me doing the thing and it imagining me doing the thing, yeah. right? And if me doing the thing has any moral consideration to it whatsoever, then it modeling it would have that same yeah. consideration, right? I,
2: I just don't think like a me snapped into existence to have one conversation and snapped out of existence actually has any moral weight or matters in any way.
0: No, that that probably seems fine, but then you gotta wonder,
2: like, if you would just woke up in a white room talking to your AI friend, you would probably be panicked and concerned, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't wake up in a white room. I'd wake up in this living room, chatting with my AI friend on the on the keyboard. I guess if it's set up that so that's actually how the the John
0: Hamm episode could have gone differently is if they hadn't put the uploads into this nightmare, you know, white room scenario, but instead into a, hey, look, here's your fun little interface job, right? Which I, I guess that's kind of what they tried to do. And the difference is that that thing was a sustained existence. I mean, as it far wasn't as I know, on and off you are use.
2: an actual AI pretending to be Stephen, running through this conversation with me to see how it, I would respond. The and hard problem of consciousness is also partly the fact that I know
0: you're wrong. so Or at least <laughs> uh-huh. I... Well, from your perspective, from my perspective, I could be the AI. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but but I know that what you said there is wrong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah no so so like another way of saying it is he'd look at like animals and and it's like if if i knew if you had a little consciousness detector Mm -hmm. that worked by principles that i actually understood and was like yeah that's how consciousness works and you pointed at an animal and was like no consciousness Mm. no qualia no capacity for suffering and then you torture the animal (laughs) it's a very different prospect than being like oh no it's 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 a gradient Mm -hmm. It, it has some consciousness Maybe less than yours, maybe the same amount. I don't know how consciousness works. That's the problem. That's why this is upsetting to me mm-hmm. as a thing. Um, and then he pointed at the computer. And the computer, if the computer has consciousness or has consciousnesses, which is even worse, mm. um, then it's like that changes. I think because I care about a thing suffering or not is okay. fundamentally the issue. And and if it just because it's screaming and saying "Don't hurt me," well, an actor. Playing a character can scream and say "Don't hurt me," and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they're suffering or that they even want you to stop. So, you, like, it matters whether the suffering is actually there. And we have, like, as far as I can tell, no no progress on this effectively. That's why I care about that question.
0: It's hard to see what progress would even look like, and that's one of the annoying things about philosophy. Mm-hmm. I don't like uh, Colin McGinn's give-upism, or as he calls it, mysterianism, but uh, <laughs> that it, that it is just one of those things that our brains aren't equipped to understand. Mm. that it's like this is one of the onions you know for our brains Mm -hmm. uh he Mm -hmm. doesn't put it that way obviously but that that's his point i don't i don't quite get on board with that because that sounds like quitterism (laughs) but it's short you know what would maybe help with this is like what do they call that vulcan mind melding Mm -hmm. yeah when we can if if and when we could do that that would help get us somewhere along the way right if you try to vulcan mind meld with this being and then there's nothing there you're like oh good it's safe you know we can you know this thing isn't isn't suffering this is just a robot this is one of the the npcs in skyrim and that you're you're mugging but it doesn't really not want to be mugged it's it's, it it's programmed to say it doesn't want to be mugged right
3: yeah yeah I, i think also it's possible we just don't understand physics nearly as well as we'd like to think we do and there's and there's some answer there's some like answer that you could figure out we're just not we're just not there yet we haven't um you, you you know eliezer's like actual explanation for for the magic system of H P M O R mor that, that he gave like at a party or whatever where yeah where where he basically you know i, I guess spoilers for extra textual H P M O R mor information that he says like and correct me if i'm wrong you actually probably know this better than me but basically mm-hmm. it's like uh the, the universe itself is actually fundamentally magical and uh bizarre and follows rules that are not physical or mathematical Mm -hmm. and in order to make the world like be sensible and regular and predictable and and safe um intelligent beings impose structure upon it uh until now it's almost entirely structure from our point of view and there's just little hints and flashes of the magic around the edges um remaining um and i and i'm like Shit, man. For all I know, that's the way the world actually is. Yeah. Like, like the j- just because we look around and we perceive a, a world to be mathematical and and structured doesn't mean that that's the ground truth. Like, like you can't you can't even say that that's the case on Occam priors because, well, that's what you would say if you were embedded in an island of regularity inside of uh, Cthulhu universe. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry, um, Neo. The real universe doesn't run on math. <laughs> <right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh. I mean, this makes me think of the, uh, the go, what do they call it? The adversarial agent, mm-hmm. you know, like the, one of the ways that, that things could go badly with a super that say decides for whatever reason it wants us all dead is it'll use some hitherto undreamt of physics to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. that's the case, then we stand no chance because we, we, you know, it uses, like you said, or like I think you maybe made the point at some point about, you know, it uses something akin to the LK99, you know, breakthrough <laughs> where it's like, oh yeah, this was doable the whole time. Yeah. Y'all just missed it. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, if, if those sorts of exploits are still available, uh, which they probably are, it, it's like, well, then they're findable by something that's smarter than us and therefore exploitable. Mm-hmm. And we'd be completely blindsided,
2: you know? I'd love just due to biblical reasons that they just keep calling it the adversarial agent rather than naming it something (laughs) or just the adversary yes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) very appropriate Uh, Uh, i i don't know I, i i still just think consciousness is what it feels like to have these algorithms and processes running and obviously things with less of these processes are conscious to a lesser degree and this is one of the reasons like I, I would think that silicon entities—I don't know what kind of consciousness they would have. It's just some kind of weird other consciousness that may not be anything like how we experience reality because they have such different processes with how they interact with reality.
0: Well, and one thing that would be just markedly different is that they run faster, mm-hmm. and that, okay. that that seems like they make a huge difference. Like our brain is well well trained or well honed through. You know the eons of evolution to work as well as it does despite running so slowly yeah. Yeah. and it's like all these you know tricks and shortcuts and hacks that that make it work but if you could actually just like no actually we just we run we, we're more efficient mm-hmm. that seems like that would change a lot of the stuff that you have to do to interact with the world yeah. in the way yeah. that we do
3: I, I also i think we're heavily biased toward being like safe uh if that makes any sense like it's very very important that we not Accidentally stab a fork into our own eye because we had a transient impulse to do that like we have a ton of Redundancy in the direction of making sure that the animal gets to reproduce successfully and I think we probably lose a lot of flexibility and power um, In exchange for that safety actually and we're never conscious of this fact mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it just feels like what it is to to be alive right? So, I don't, I'm just mentioning that because... No, because
2: the Silicon Entity wouldn't have that.
3: Yeah, the, wouldn't would, wouldn't have that at all, and it's very difficult to think about what it would be like to be a, a creature like that.
2: Did you read, did you read *Altered Carbon?
3: Uh, I've, I watched, like, the first season of the TV show, I think. Oh, I didn't read it. I, I hate the yeah. TV show.
2: Um, the, the, one of the cool things about the book is that it sort of plays around with, like, you can't entirely get around that because you're still, like, a biological system. You have these in, deeply ingrained instincts, but, mm-hmm. like, since you know on a on a intellectual level at least that your body is disposable you just do things with it. That's like whatever. I'll get another body, mm-hmm. and and it, it's like you know it's a bit of a superpower mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, this one's disposable. I'll use it for what I need to get done, and then swap over to a different one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cool power fantasy. Could you keep one in like the refrigerator at home, kind of thing? Yes, that, like, some s- people did. So that, that, that's one of the reasons people were you know upset about the rich people. They're like, well, they just have seven bodies lined up. Well, I can't do that. I need an insurance policy. Well, so, so they got backup ones for for you know in case of
0: emergency or whatever. But also like this is this is my party body that I just wreck every weekend right? Yeah, yeah. And then I wake up in my healthy
2: body with no hangover on Monday and go to work. It's one of the coolest things. Uh, in the third book, they talk about the economics of this. Like, some people will go out because you get... Um You train the body to do things like surfing or whatever, physical skills, right? Some people will go out, yeah, yeah, live as a surfer for like five years, get really good, and then like rent out the body for a month to Mm. some rich person who just wants to live in an amazing, super healthy body and know how to surf and have a good vacation. That's great. Yeah, and then they get it back and like, oh, great. Now my body's slightly wrecked. I got liver problems. I'm addicted to nicotine again spend a year fixing it up <laughs> rent it out again that was at the end of the movie the hot chick with uh rob schneider uh, <laughs> not that okay. good of a movie
0: but it was a body swap movie around when those were popular and the whole time it's focused on him rob schneider who was like this you know chanel style hot chick right or mean girl one of okay. them you know yeah. and then at the end of the movie they find the mean girl's actual meat suit and yeah. it's run by this dirtbag rob schneider who's just been like Pouring and fucking it up this whole time, right? And so, like, what would you do
2: if you were suddenly a hot chick? Yeah, I I
0: would think I'd at least consider, like, maybe she'll want this back at some point. I'll try and keep it in working order for her, right? Did
2: he realize that it was someone else's body? Yeah, they they both did immediately. I think. All
0: right, but I mean, the thing is, like, I think he was like supposed to be a dirtbag or something. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember at the end, it's like she's like, you know, got a bunch of running makeup and she's smoking, and like I doubt she smoked before. Right. And I'm like, well, that sucks. (laughs) When they switch back, (laughs) she's gonna have all these problems.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So. Slight tangent But I I was thinking This For I don't even know Why I was thinking About this But I was thinking How much would your Fear of death Diminish If When you died You knew that Your memories Would be transferred To your loved ones
2: Uh It would be Not much at all Not much A smidge Yeah Like some Because Mm -hmm. part of it Honestly I might have More fear of death (laughs) 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 You know what I'm thinking (laughs) Yeah Shit my family's Gonna find out All the things That I've been Thinking
0: about them (laughs) On, on the one hand, one of the things that sucks about it is that it's hard to find ways to believe that the person who's dead is like continuing to have an impact on the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not impossible, it's actually totally there. You know, everything that you do differently because you're in touch with them is some way that they're still having an impact, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's something nice about that. But it's more like, you know, you can ask them, the little model of you that you have in your head, model, model of them that you have in your head, what do you think they would do? Mm-hmm. And they can give you your answer, but it's the only it's only as close as your model of them was, right? And yep. uh if that model was actually accurate, that would that would take some of the it wouldn't take a lot of my edge off of like not being there to be the one to do it, hmm. but it would give me some comfort that the people who wanted to interact with me still could in some way. Is that kind of what would you're it thinking? change for you? I,
3: I mean I think it would help, but not diminish it entirely. Because like, I was thinking one thing that sounds bad about death is definitely that all these moments will be lost in time like tears and rain mm-hmm. um specifically aside from like the line of consciousness ending it's like man it would really be it would seem like a cosmic waste for all these memories of these things that i've seen and done and thought to just be n- gone obliterated and mm-hmm. i was like well and and then I, was, I think at the same time i was thinking like man, it seems super inefficient that I just have to like tell my kids things. I wish I could just like transfer my lifetime of experience to them and be like, this is, I want you to have these tools and, and memories that I've accumulated yeah. to, to your advantage. And then I was thinking like, you know, if I, if I could just push a button and do that um, maybe with a, a, a whiteout pen on hand for certain things (laughs) i I would totally do that and then i would actually be a lot less afraid of death because i would i would know that at least that part of me had continued even if my line of consciousness hadn't it wouldn't totally remove my fear of death though i was just thinking about that specific aspect of it that aspect would be nicely ameliorated for sure Mm -hmm. yeah
2: it's weird i don't think it would really matter much for me at all
0: I mean like the 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 bummer you know like me not being able to experience the stuff I wanted to do or whatever Mm -hmm. that would stay the same Mm -hmm. but you know the idea that the people who missed me who who would miss me wouldn't have as much to miss is at least comforting but it does it's comforting but it doesn't take off the fear part it takes off it takes it takes off some of the downside though I think
2: for me I don't know if I'm just very selfish then because I'm like I mean, sure, it's a bummer that other people are sad that I'm gone, but I, I specifically want to do things and experience things, and I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, th- okay, so, so let, me, let me try to, uh, this, this wasn't like a, a, a trap that I had set up, but now I'm like, so, so, so if there are other people who have the memories that you had walking around, and you don't think the hard problem of consciousness is, is difficult, <laughs> what distinguishes those people from being you? If they're people that have your memories, but they also have other memories that are their memories, mm-hmm. are are they are they more are they are they somewhat closer to being you?
2: I definitely think they're closer to being me. Yeah. Okay. I just, I yeah.
3: Not a particular thought experiment I'd heard before that I could recall, so I figured I'd ask. Part of the hard problem,
0: though, is like why is that? not the same as you living though, right? And it's like, well, because it's not me. It's like, yeah, but what is you if not if not all this stuff? It's like, it's that plus something else, man. I don't know, yeah. right? I mean,
2: like if if I were to, this would suck because it would kill the other person, but if I were to wipe out their personality and drives and memories and all that and have mine implanted in them, then I would be like, yeah, that's just me continuing. Yeah, that's just transporter machine. Yeah. Yeah. If I was like added into somebody else so that the two of us were now a conglomeration of what was before, then I would feel like both of us had been killed and a new thing had been mm-hmm. reborn, but the new thing would be kind of, yeah. kind of, sort of, both of us, so it might be okay, but, like, just transferring the memories I don't think is enough. Like, having to transfer the, the personality, the mm. affect, the drives, all those other things. That's true. Tangentially related. Hmm.
0: I'm assuming when you get back from Burning Man, you're going to watch the first two episodes of Severance.
2: I have already seen the first two episodes of oh. Severance.
0: Yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned. Well. I, I've well, been very busy. Then we're going to have to do the episode when you get back. Yeah. <laughs> but related, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then that'll be fun to talk about. Cool. Cool. So Are you going to finish the season?
2: I don't know. Oh, all right.
0: I, uh, Maybe once we talk about it, it'll be more or less hyped on it. Okay. Cool. Because cool. I can't remember exactly what happens in the first two. I just figured it's about the length of a short movie. Maybe oh. maybe I should have said three episodes. I mean, I can watch uh-huh. another one if you want to
2: talk about the first three. I can't remember what happens in each of them. We'll talk about it after this. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, I had another thing I wanted to touch on with this whole uh, finding weird things. Onion Nights mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Did Did either of you read the, uh, the Absolute Denial Macro post? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's... I, I share
0: his... Um, just kind of like fuck <laughs> you know think think about it or you know thought about it the so the, the the presentation of it is like and i forget the name of the uh the conditioner if it was named but anna's anosognosics and anos- yeah
2: yeah anosognosics not sure if that's pronounced right
0: yeah it so if you have and this is specifically with right hemisphere damage and, and left arm being paralyzed but you can do this with i think maybe it is also anosognos- anos- anosognosic and but it's not just right brain left brain it, uh, with left arm, it could be, like with split-brain patients, you can show them a picture of something with their right eye and not let them see it with their left, mm-hmm. and ask them to draw it, and then ask them why they drew it, and they're like, "I just wanted to, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. And they they so this sort of confabulation happens all the time.
2: I know there's people who um stop being able to. There's a disconnect between the recognizing of a face and the emotions being brought up with that face, uh, in this condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see like a loved one, but you don't get the the this is a person I love feeling. You don't get the recognition that they are someone that you know. And so instinctively you, you're like, this is not my child or my mother or whatever. This is an imposter that has replaced them. Oh
0: impo- yeah. The imposter mm-hmm. syndrome, uh, it's not imposter syndrome. That's a, that's a different thing. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I forget the name of the
0: condition where you think everyone's been been replaced with imposters. Yeah. yeah. That sounds horrifying.
2: Because your, your emotional system of your brain doesn't recognize them, even it, though you, you visually do see them. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. And, and you, you but people will just come up with all sorts of crazy reasons why this is not the person. Uh, like they were placed by the government or by aliens or whatever. But uh, they just won't accept that this is who it looks to be in front of them.
0: What I would really love... Well, it, every time this happens is a enormous tragedy. But what would be great for science and for humanity is if somebody who knew about this condition got it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, If they knew about it before... I, I,
2: and that, like, I, guess. You know, the, the... I, I don't think it matters. Like, you can tell them. He, he, I don't remember if this was in this post or the link post, but so what we're talking about is that uh, brain condition. Um, you have your left arm paralyzed. You got right hemisphere brain damage. When they, they they refuse to accept that their left arm is actually paralyzed, and they're like, "Can you move that arm? No, I can't move that arm. Why not? Well, that's not my arm." Like, isn't it connected to your shoulder? Yeah, somebody connected it to my shoulder. I, I don't know why they did that. Very funny. Practical joke, you know? So, mm-hmm. they, they come up with all these reasons why it's not their arm and why they aren't actually paralyzed. Uh, the interesting thing was that apparently you can wake up that nodule in your right hemisphere briefly by squirting some ice-cold water into your ear canal. God damn it. Brains. Uh-huh. And, and stupid pe- meat suits. <laughs> people will do that. And the, the doctors will do that, and they're like, oh... Yeah, no, obviously my arm is paralyzed. I'm not crazy. What what are you talking about? I was trying to deny it. That's just ridiculous. I would never... Look at my arm. It's right here. It's attached to me. I can't move it. And then it wears off over time. And they go back to denying that it's their arm and to denying that they ever said it was their arm. Part of me has this... Because the brain is fucked up. Part of me has this hope, probably
0: vain hope, that being armed with these sorts of... With this this category of knowledge... Mm Mm-hmm. Will prevent me from falling into this general shape of trap i don't right? think it can like, which is which something in that, your brain that seems like that seems like it sucks because like i've got like these i've i've got pre-commitments you know for lots of dumb situations if i ever encounter a version of me from the future that claims a version of someone that claims to be me from the future for example mm. or like if i start like with the imposter syndrome the imposter uh replacement thing or or something it's like okay if i ever starts you know i watch a lot of horror movies where they think it's like hallucinations but like it's actually ghosts if i ever start seeing those i'm not gonna like lie to myself or other people I'll just tell somebody about it mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. but if I so like I'm hoping that the fact that I've kind of categorized a bunch of pre-commitments for these sorts of things would, would help safeguard me against it but no if I just go full crazy if there's no like you know small tilt right that buys mm-hmm. me any time mm-hmm. then it's like no I just go straight to believing this thing isn't my arm yeah. and it's like but I know that so, I think I'd have to exist in some weird position where, like, I know that some people have this condition where but they it think they're loved you. But the, that, that's them. The, the, the Me, this is a special case. Yeah, yeah obviously. No. Yeah. Well, God, that sucks. I,
3: I, I do have to unfortunately tell you that probably about seven times a week you enter a state where your cat starts talking to you, <laughs> and then, like, a boat comes down the street outside your window, and you're like, huh, that's, uh, That boats usually don't come down my street, but you don't really make a big deal out of it. And then you I wake think, up. There's no reason for Barack Obama to be on this school bus with me, but okay, yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. And and you don't make a big deal of of that when that happens to you when you're when you're
2: dreaming. I'm yeah. so glad I don't. Well, I mean, obviously, I do dream. I'm so glad I don't remember my dreams in the waking world. <laughs> God,
0: you know, I. Uh, the thing is, is that 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 is a dumb version of me that's like literally not awake, right? Like well yeah. it was, in some sense has some awakeness where it's thinking up stuff and, and remembering it, but like
2: that one part of your brain is asleep,
0: yeah, yeah, the so one if, that got damaged yeah, if the, if the part that like my credulity meter mm-hmm. it seems to be the thing that goes off when I in that, and like like it's just I guess also calibrated the, to the credulity meter, but like the thing that cares about consistency, mm-hmm. right, and it's like, well, why did I turn around, and now I'm suddenly in a different part of the continent, it's like, well, that just happens, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. The, if the part of me that if all that got shut off yeah i think i would just wander to traffic very quickly and die right mm-hmm. but like uh it it seems i, I guess disappointing to the, yeah you
3: know? to, uh, so to the extent that i wasn't just kind of joking around like I, I i think it's like we have like a spectrum of of uh capacity to be what what we would call rational mm-hmm. where where when we say rational me we mean sort of a, a pinnacle of like reflective consistency and metacognition and and you know double checking that everything makes sense against everything else, and usually we're not in that state, usually we're somewhere between dreaming and that state mm-hmm. and, and we're, we we don't like to think about that, but that's pretty much true, I think
0: yeah, I mean, I can't put in all the effort all the time, right, yeah, mm-hmm. but it seems like in the case of you know having my left arm paralyzed and me not believing it, that's just fully turning it off that mm-hmm. that's dream level bullshit yeah. acceptance, right, mm-hmm. yeah, and I what would be great, you know, in, in if if things go in the nice transhuman way, I will do this experiment on myself <laughs> where like I just I enter a simulated brain where I'm I am in that state, mm-hmm. right? Do I therefore like so the doctor's explaining to me, yes, you have this condition, and I'm like it Sounds it sounds like it doesn't apply to me, but I've I've pre committed to understanding that this is a thing that can happen, and I'll just take your word for it, Doc. I'm hoping that's who I who I am deep down, but mm.
2: Why would I be special? I'm probably not. But It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, it literally doesn't. If I were to punch you right now and then tell you I hadn't punched you, you'd be like, fuck you, Inyash. I know what you just did. And uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. We've pre-committed to this beforehand, right? <laughs> I said I wasn't going to punch you, and you are going to think I was going to punch you. I don't know. Maybe I'm... I've, also, I've
0: always had credulity problems my whole life, actually. I've been a very gullible person. Oh, shit. If And, uh, you know, part of that's been been hope- been trained out of me over the last couple of decades but I think if you and Matt both were like no, we, you guys are both in on it and convincing <laughs> yeah. me, I'd be like yeah. okay, yeah. you're right, yeah. whatever 10 second blackout drug you gave me, I had this weird hallucination yeah. mm. uh, I guess my face hurts for quit- psychosomatic um, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. I, I might actually believe the two of you but I, no. I, we, we <laughs> I just, don't think
3: you would but I don't yeah. want to run the experiment <laughs> We decided to go back to that time we sat down and had that Bayesian Conspiracy podcast episode about the concept of being able to delude yourself mm. in our simulation, everyone suddenly becomes very self-conscious. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
2: I bring this up because I feel like being go and finding yourself tricked into the cyclical um, trick—it must feel exactly like that. Like you just have this blind spot and you literally don't see it, and then you're like. Yeah what yeah. are you talking about I lost the game uh, uh, <laughs> You're like how oh, this idiot
3: I'm, I'm beating him so well
0: yeah. uh, I kind of wonder and I'm sure they're 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 safeguards against this but like if you're if you're playing chess against a bot where it's like say you've got magnets or some some electrodes on a board where you move like it tells you where to, where to move its pieces mm-hmm. and then it knows where you moved yours mm-hmm. if you just refuse if you just didn't take a piece off when it took it mm-hmm. and you left it there and kept playing with it how it would cope with that situation mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're designed, if not, that'd be like just fun to see what happens if you're just straight up cheating. Yeah. Um, does it like just keep trying to take that piece again? Yeah. Does it ignore it? Like maybe that's a kind of similar blind spot.
2: But uh, this uh-huh. post ends on the most wonderful thing. <laughs> saying what if all of us have a brain damage like this in common, like all of humanity, the, similar to the the catago blind spot. So that none of us notif- notice some very simple and obvious fact. As blatant as our left arm's being paralyzed. Uh, then he posits an AI that, you know, we just built an AI. It's completely accurate in all the tests we can make. It is completely reliable. Like, just Omega, basically, as uh-huh. an AI, right? But still in the sandbox. What's the craziest thing that AI could tell you that you would actually be willing to believe that the AI was the same one? So, I I ran an... Ex- I, it's funny, because I
0: didn't actually put in the last paragraph, because I didn't want to prime it wrong. Yeah and but i and so I, I think i must have read it but i didn't commit it to memory but i basically did exactly this with chat gpt okay I, I pasted in everything but that last parenthetical with it being a robot mm-hmm. so it ends uh you know blatant is our arm being paralyzed and you come up with something as, as ridiculous as oh it's my daughter's arm mm-hmm. you know and lent her my wedding ring that's why it's got it mm-hmm. you know so i i asked like what what could examples what could some hypothetical examples of this possibly look like in our world mm-hmm. and i didn't find any of his answers all that compelling mm-hmm. which i mean I think, definitionally, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. right? But I don't actually think that they're good examples of it. No. But if you want, I can run through them really fast. Give me give me one, one that you really liked. I mean, number four screams out to us as as a community, denial of personal flaws or biases. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. I mean, that, that's almost, like, too easy. Yeah. It, it had some of, like, you know, blindnesses towards, like, how fragile society is in lots of ways. Um, but the thing is, like, we're kind of aware of that. We're aware mm-hmm. that the, yeah. if electricity turned off, we're all going to die in, like, three
2: days, right? I have a really fun one. Which got? Which I wanted at some point to maybe make a story about, but I never did. Remember in the... I think it was late aughts, maybe early teens, where visual uh, image recognition was getting, like, really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were making a lot of advances with it. And I was just, like... I was following some of the things that came out of there. I was like, wow, they're... Like, they're just picking out the cats in these pictures. They're picking out the dogs. They understand the difference between them. Like, they see them in weird poses. This is really impressive. And, um somebody noted this weird artifact that was happening they're like with some regular consistency it'll just identify a random part of a photo and say there's some kind of creature there something kind of between a cross between an ottoman and a goat is what it labels it as and like you look at it and it's like there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. There's just some random pixels. Sometimes it's an overlap of like various things in the foreground and background, but it doesn't look like anything at all. And it's literally like the scene from um, um, Westworld where Westworld. like, doesn't look like anything to me. But like, you just look at page after page of these and like, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's there's some random pixels that are circled and it's labeled Ottoman goat. And, and I was like, this would be really cool if there were some sort of, trans-dimensional beings that are just standing around, mm-hmm. observing humans, being like, let's see what these humans do. Let's take notes. And we put a thing in their brain where they just can't see us. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what we do, how we might like push them a little bit here, there to position them in another, other... They just don't register it at all. But mm-hmm. the AI, since it has not had its uh, had its brain, meat brain hacked by them, can see them. And it's just like, yep, there's another Ottoman goat. There's another Ottoman goat. They're just mm-hmm. hanging around. And that was like the creepiest fucking thing in the world to me. And that is yeah. a thing that I would like... I'd actually it, be kind it, of inclined to believe if an AI told me, I'd be like, I knew those fuckers <laughs> were watching us this whole time. We could call them imps. Imps. Oh yeah. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I I do enjoy that. I enjoy that because it's creepy. I I so so was, I was thinking while you were talking, and I I did think okay. So this was the original sequences, right? So this was posted in like the mid two thousands or something like that. Yeah. So I was thinking. One thing that I don't think anybody was thinking about at the time. Okay. So, so imagine you go back in time and you, and you, you know, post in the comments Mm -hmm. in 2006 or whatever, Mm -hmm. almost all human decision-making is actually made via a process of a, a, a sort of social, will it be okay if people see me making this decision algorithm rather than what you think you're doing, which is carefully thinking through the implications of your actions and making the most rational choice. Yeah. People would be like, "That no, obviously that's not true. I'm, I'm, I'm the master of my, I, I, I'm the captain of my ship, etc." Um, that's that's not true. But of course, this is the elephant in the brain, and it's the thing that we kind of all accept now, and it's it's utterly mind blowing, yeah. and it's 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 actually so mind blowing that I think we all semi-electively forget about it because it's so uncomfortable. Okay. I I, I don't know. That, that's 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 my suggestion. Is something like the elephant in the brain, except. Um, more so, maybe something the the the, uh, the AI could tell us, or, or in two thousand ish, whatever you, they could have told you about the elephant in the brain, right?
2: Do you want to? Do you want to know what the uh, number one top upvoted comment is
3: on this? Is it the elephant in the brain? No, I, sure, go ahead.
2: That's a really good answer, though. I like that a lot. It's Scott Alexander uh-huh. because, of course, it's Scott Alexander. Uh-huh. Saying, uh, the AI, if the AI told him, on any task more complicated than sheer physical strength, there is no such thing as inborn talent or practice effects. Any non-retarded human could easily do as well as the top performers in every field, from golf to violin to theoretical physics, all supposed talent differential is unconscious social signaling of one's <laughs> proper social status linked to self-esteem. That's great. Love that. That's outstanding. I'm like, holy fuck, Scott.
0: I, I, I posed the last, uh, like, the, the query to gpt just now like mm. if you're if you're into this ai what's the craziest thing it could tell you mm. A simulated universe alternate dimensions or parallel universes extraterrestrial intelligence and hidden interactions fundamental misunderstanding of physics human collective unconscious and it's, it's fleshing all these out with bullet points i'm just re- reading the, the headers mm. uh hidden global control system uh or the existence of supernatural phenomena
3: mm. I, I think the collective unconscious one is one that i i i i put a small but non-zero probability on and so if the ai told me yeah humans are actually low-key psychic i'd be like i knew it um <laughs> cool. instead of rejecting it as crazy and because you knew it i kind of knew it <laughs> <laughs> cool because um, mainly because i just want that to be true you know yeah don't you really want there to be psychic powers of course yeah,
2: yeah. does the idea does the knowledge that Superhuman AIs have these sorts of vulnerabilities, and also that even humans do in some brain damage cases, make you worry that maybe there is something like this in real life.
3: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say worried, but yeah. it could totally be the case. Yeah. We seem to be getting by pretty
0: okay. It's true. Like the thing is, I don't know how these people with like the the fake belief that their left arm isn't really there is get by, right? Like presumably, if they if they cut it on the you know. In the kitchen or something, mm-hmm. they wouldn't treat it because oh, it's my daughter's arm. She'll she'll handle it, right? Like
2: or maybe you want to take care of your daughter's arm.
0: I mean, there, there, there's some some weird scenario where it's like it's not your problem, right? Yeah. Or, or it'll take care of itself because you know she'll she'll fix it when she gets back and picks it up, right? right? Like, so we're doing okay to the point where we're like we are eating enough food to not starve. We're not, we're not eating rocks and you know dying, right? We
2: are reproducing and yeah, we're going to we're going to space and you know
0: yeah. we're, we're we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So, whatever version of this that we have isn't all that crippling, but it would be weird if, like, you know, this one weird trick, we squirt water into both of your ears, yeah. except it's not water, it's... it's uh, <laughs> Magma. Right, magma, yeah. or... <laughs> Which turns the, out not to hurt humans. You yeah. know, uh, what, copper sulfide or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you start mm-hmm. shooting shoot, shoot superconductors into your ears, and suddenly, like, the veil is lifted, mm-hmm. and you realize, like, oh, this whole time I could move things with my mind or something, right? Like, so, some crazy shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know.
3: It reminds me of... I'm afraid this might be a Tumblr post or something originally, but like the idea that like Lovecraftian madness is basically the idea of like if you were to take an ant and briefly show it, briefly somehow transmit to it what it is to be human and then make it an ant again, it's memories of that experience would make no sense to it. It it, it would be, it would be incomprehensible madness. Hmm. Um, And the ant, it doesn't think that it's doing all right because it's an ant but ants are doing all right they're they're doing a good job being ants mm-hmm. and we're doing a good job being humans but if you if you uplifted us do you think we would be confronted with do you think we would go mad when we return to being humans after seeing the you know the true face of reality or whatever
2: mm. uh,
0: part of me wants to keep us on a pedestal and say no we can take it but Hopefully, probably not hopefully I, well, I wouldn't be able to
2: comprehend it so it'd be okay
0: well the thing is like would, would the incomprehension drive you mad as you sit there trying to make
2: sense of what you what you know you have memories of right i mean like I, i'm hoping i'll just like flowers to on back into being, <laughs> being a dummy that, that, that might be more, more, that'd be more that
0: might be more how it works actually you're right like we we kind of just like all, all the bits of understanding of it just fall off yeah. and it's like well i had this impression that i could do all the stuff in my head you know like all this integral calculus, I could just run those numbers Really quickly in my brain, but hey, I can't anymore and I'm okay with that You know,
2: mm. yeah For a while I could walk through the fourth Spatial dimension, Yeah. that was kind of fun Yeah,
0: uh, really short commute to work yeah.
3: <laughs> I was aware of all the other Everett branches and the Semi-human uh, Descendants and their flying <laughs> saucers Yeah, their attempts To
2: break through Yeah. Fun times <laughs> All right, shall we shall we move on? Are we done with our main topic? yeah I think so okay. it, that's fun though it's interesting it, to, to bring the last bit home,
0: I mean it, do you think both of you guys that it's the idea that intelligence systems I think we kind of did hit on this, but just to last second circle back mm-hmm. do you think that they that they can have these kinds of of hidden vulnerabilities? think that's a hopeful or a unho- what's or a doomful or a neutral fact?
3: I think it's a transient fact of the moment that we're in right now, and and it's going to go away, as we get more metacognitively aware systems. Like so, so one example that I that I thought about bringing up, which I'll bring up now, because why not, is the StarCraft AlphaGo games, which uh, AlphaStar rather, which I thought were pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, to watch. And I distinctly remember in one game, um, you know, the AI is going on some all-out attack, and then the uh, the human drops a couple of uh, uh, powerful units in the AI's base, and it's a small number of units, um, but they they have a high DPS. I'm only mentioning this because it's like give you a sense of, of of the flavor of attack this is, and the AI just doesn't respond to it at all. And these units just ravage its base. the 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 AI's ongoing attack against the human is not decisive, and so, and so when it you know returns to base, its base has been severely damaged it's mm-hmm. it's now behind it loses the game mm-hmm. and it's like all it had to do was divert a, a, a small a small fraction of its assets to deal with this threat but but it just this is the classic like it just hadn't seen this kind of thing before i i, I want to make a comparison to like that's my daughter's arm but it's like <laughs> I, I i think it's simpler than that it, it's, it's just i don't, I don't know it's uh, there's a couple of immortals in my base i guess uh uh whatever we'll just we'll just win this attack and then it doesn't win the attack it's like and sam
0: then... and frodo in mount doom mm-hmm. y- yeah it's yeah. sam and
3: frodo in mount doom and it's incomprehensible that they would try that right mm-hmm. exactly it's, i love that well they...
0: even if you notice them it's like
3: so what it's too hot. Yeah. It's, i'll get to him <laughs> when i get to him right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but p- possibly it did evaluate like oh, i don't care it's just two immortals and didn't you know just uh, whatever whatever the point is i feel like that kind of error is the kind of thing that like goes away when you have a sort of like vantage point where it's able to to look at its choices and be like, okay, what if I did this? What if I did this? What if I did this? And then select from the best instead of just kind of like like because what an AlphaGo or an AlphaStar are is basically something closer to like a reflex than a metacognitive process. Yeah, they're just a reflex that has more computing power than an any... incredibly well trained reflex. Yes, exactly.
0: Right. That that's that's a much better put version of what my answer was going to be, which is essentially like once. Kata go or whatever wants to be a good go player this stops being a problem mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, maybe
2: or it starts being a problem depending on your point of view <laughs>
0: right it like it'll, it'll find these vulnerabilities because it's going try to find it's tr- gonna try and make itself the best right mm-hmm. as mm-hmm.
2: opposed to just
0: playing yeah yeah what do you think
2: I think I would like to be able to rely on my systems and uh, assuming of course they don't wipe us out completely like I think if something wipes us out completely, these sorts of flaws aren't going to matter because we're not going to have time to find them and exploit them. So this is assuming that we we have these systems, we can rely on them, they don't kill us, uh, but they have these random vulnerabilities in them which can just be like, oops, that planet is gone now because a dedicated hacker had a lot of uh, compute <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, hacked that planetary control AI. So I, I I'm very... That is the kind of thing that I would be worried about. And also, specifically in the very near future, I don't think this will be a problem now because it has been pointed out um, as a failure mode. And I'm glad that they did do it and pointed out that uh, people will be much more wary with how they use the AI tools, you know, Mm -hmm. triple check them. The thing I'm personally, selfishly much more interested in, to be completely honest, is um, the way this that this could be turned around against humans by an ai mm-hmm. um, i'm reminded of ted changs short story understand mm-hmm. where superhumanly intelligent actors managed to set up a cascade in in the the brain well one of them managed to set up a cascade in the brain of the other person just by making him like see the right things and hear the right things in the correct order mm-hmm. uh, like he saw someone pick up a mango at a grocery store and that memory was triggered just at the same time as a certain song played or whatever that caused a fatal seizure in his brain, right? Mm. And I'm like, if an AI can set up a thing that reliably hacks humans to always, like, do something, possibly even without their knowledge... They could have a very easy win condition for mm-hmm. taking over the uh, the planet and continuing to have you know <laughs> power power plants run by us and all those other things and it, it's <laughs> it's not impossible that we have such a catago style blind spot in us that can just be exploited and we don't even realize it if if it like it's like oh yeah I can show them this, this very specific shade of orange and play yeah. this note and they'll just drop dead right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man or or they'll just you know do the next thing that i say for the next minute and just can keep doing that. Maybe it'll take like a lot of setup to do, but you can slowly drive a human semi-mad and uh, hmm. great great fun. Mm-hmm. And you only need to do it to, you know, a small percentage of the humans if you get the ones that are in charge. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to the, the, the less wrong posts. Oh, before we do that, generally we uh, talk about the Guild of the Rose. And today we are privileged enough to have a Guild of the Rose founder in the room with us. That's right. Oh, me, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: yes. Uh, the Guild of the Rose is, is a rationalist organization for community and self-improvement um, that is organized online. It's cool. We've, I've actually uh, got, got to hang out with some uh, guild people in person recently. Alex made kind of a, a, a tour. So head on over to guildoftherose.org to get a sense of the kinds of stuff that we do. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I was, I was listening to a Basing Conspiracy episode from a w- way way back, where you guys discussed my post where I wrote about the uh the 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 basically sort of a narrative framing on hey why don't we have a rationalist uh like a real rationalist community like a community yeah. that's trying to be a community and um and and that that's the, the guild of the rose is an outshoot outgrowth of our uh, efforts to try to build something around this idea that hey there's you know we could all be doing better at this we could be doing better at this individually and collectively and so let's all join our energies together and try to make that happen. Um, And I think that we have made a lot of progress in that. So come join us.
2: Can I just say how
3: awesome it is that
2: like you actually did that? Because execution is fucking hard. Like ideas are cheap, but making them happen is insanely difficult to do. And the fact that you've done it is just amazing to me.
3: Well, I appreciate that. And I I have, you know, I I take the compliment, but also I, I very earnestly have to say, wouldn't have happened without the joint effort of, of a lot of people and their and their time and dedication over over a very long period of time i mean it's funny we've been going on with the guild for like three years now and it has evolved and changed because we've you know we, we have a rationalist empirical mindset towards things where we will try things and they don't quite work as well as we thought they would we tweak we we improve um and we're always doing that and and it's taken really you know just just showing up week after week with a with a firm you know, intent to see something like this work, yeah. and um, I, I should clarify: I was looking at you personally, but I meant yeah. you in the broader sense of, of the Guild of the Rose leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And and even you know, I, the, the the members themselves continue to to show up week after week yeah. and and better themselves, which I I find admirable actually.
2: Yeah, maybe all of you working together can make yourself robust against AI hacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll we'll do that It is our only hope Yeah (laughs) But yeah Guild of the Rose We talk about them Every episode They help you get better At rationality
0: They do what we do In a mm, systematized way Yes
2: You know The goal The goal of this podcast
0: Was always to You know Have fun And as a consequence Hopefully raise the sanity Waterline a little bit Right Mm -hmm. Their goals are inverse Like we're gonna We're gonna make people Smarter and better And we're gonna have fun Doing it Damn it Yeah Is that that a fair way Of putting it Yeah Definitely And uh, yeah Just seconding the sentiment That actually committing to do stuff again to you and, and Alex and David and uh, who am I leaving out here Errol and, and Raven Errol was the name I couldn't remember that's right Raven and uh, yeah the the council it's more and more I noticed this years ago which probably is years later than most people but everyone just gives up at like the idea of like oh that sounds too hard right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so actually doing stuff is, is tough and uh, you know it. you guys came together to do, do something that none of you guys could do individually it's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's like a group of superheroes <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. I I thought about writing like a a thing about things I've learned over the last three years because every everyone says, well, I couldn't have done it by myself. I have to I have to thank the team, but it's like, no, no, really. Like like the, a thing like this requires a lot of different perspectives, and I have definitely had to admit that I'm wrong many times because you think you think this is how we're gonna do it, and it's like, no, that didn't work. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to pivot. So anyway, yeah. rose.org and I would
2: absolutely read that if you write it up. Cool. Yeah. All right. On to our weekly reading of the less wrong posts. The two posts we have today... Well, the first of the two posts we have today is Feel the Meaning, where we find out that humans are telepathic.
0: I like this. <laughs> this links back to the previous post about how... Or a previous post that our, the, the magic cool stuff we can do just seems boring because everyone can do it. It doesn't seem like it's magic. Yeah. But yeah, me being able to have a thought in my mind and put it partly into your mind is... That's, that sounds like magic if you
2: didn't know what that was, right? It yeah. Yeah. goes through the whole process of like translating it into meat movements and then
3: sound vibrations through the air. And,
0: and, I've no, and I have no idea if any of that works,
3: yeah. right? And I, no, I don't need to know any of that works. Yeah, yeah. And, and that somebody can listen to this conversation that we're having amongst ourselves later and be like, well, I disagreed with you about that thing. And then us know what they're talking about in this high, very high dimensional concept space of things. Be like, yeah, oh yeah, that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It is the reason we've taken over this planet. Yeah.
2: yeah. Take that, monkeys. <laughs> uh, he, he, so he talks about um, humans transferring thoughts to each other and points out that you wouldn't want any extra steps when your auditory cortex recognizes the symbols tiger and when the tiger concept gets activated in your brain because uh, that, that could kill you. Uh, and he brings us back to the network we've been talking about for the last two episodes of related concepts that all point to Bleg in the center. And if you see enough of those, the BLEG lights up and you're like, oh yeah, that's a BLEG thing. Uh, he says, yeah, this, the central unit, the BLEG concept, gets activated almost as soon as you hear Susan, the, S- Susan the senior sorter, <laughs> say BLEG. That's the, what the algorithm feels like from the inside. That label, the concept, it's nearly identical. The meaning feels like an intrinsic property of the word itself. It feels like a word has a meaning as a property of the word, just like how redness is a property of a red apple. <laughs> So like, just the word bleg means bleg in your head, right?
0: Yeah. It is an actual thing. Yeah. As opposed to just noises. Yeah. Yeah.
2: As opposed to, like, it, this is a number of related concepts that relate to an object that all get lit up that I should think about.
0: Right. On two different levels. Yeah. On one, on one, it's just a, the, here's a set of syllables that we've decided will indicate this, this class of thing to you, right? Mm-hmm. Tiger, bleg, car, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other is this category lighting up when you get... Yeah, the sufficient number of of data points.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He says the, the 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 way you can think about this, what he's trying to say is that uh the brain will not distinguish at all between the word and the meaning. Only bothering to bothering to separate the two while learning a new language, maybe. And even then you'll see Susan pointing to a blue egg shaped thing and saying bleg, and you'll think, I wonder what bleg means and not, I wonder what mental category Susan associates with the auditory label bleg. Seems right to me, yes?
0: I mean that's definitely how I do it. Yeah. You know, uh, it's reassuring to see that's how Ivkovsky does it and people <laughs> seem to agree with him.
3: That's how I perceive myself to be doing it I do wonder if that's how I'm actually doing it. If you know what I mean. Like how accurate is our introspection when it comes to these things? I don't know. But no, I, I basically I agree that's, that's yeah. pretty much. I, I I do have to say the these two posts we're doing this week were two of the ones that I distinctly remember being like holy shit. Oh my god. And like like just <laughs> You know, it's, it just changes the way you, you think and talk and argue for the rest of your life because you can never go back to arguing about whether atheism is a religion after you've read these posts. You're just like, oh, this is stupid. I, I see what I'm doing. I see what you're doing. Let's not do this.
0: Yeah, yeah I I am realizing that as we go back through a lot of these that these were the ones that I found, you know, really pronounced and stuff back when I first read them. And now it's no less profound for me now having a better understanding of it. But it's just, it makes me actually feel like I've learned something in the last 10, 15 years. So that's nice. Yeah. But it's like, oh yeah, now I understand this and it seems intuitive. Mm -hmm. Before,
2: I remember this blowing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I pulled out of here is that Albert feels intuitively that the word sound has a meaning. And that that meaning is acoustic vibrations. Which I guess I agree because I'm a human running on the same software, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what it feels like to know what the meaning of a word is
0: yeah I think that, like you know Matt said we don't know what for introspection is spot on, but I think that that, the, that level of processing is what we do most of the time it doesn't really require introspection yeah. you know if, if you say, well, you turn on the TV i don't look around the room for what it is you could possibly be talking about, right, even yeah. if there's another screen in the room, you know yeah. like the laptop screen,
2: and I'm like he probably means the one on the wall, and right? even though you know empirically that it's it's sound vibrations hitting your eardrums, it is somebody else trying to put a concept that they're thinking of into draw your attention to it, right? Like even though all those things are true, it's just like someone says TV and you're like, oh yeah, the T V over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, tiger, I've never had someone had have to warn me about a tiger before, so like that example only works in the abstract, but like what really grabs my attention with lightning clair or lightning level of attention mm-hmm. is if I'm driving and the passenger says, Watch out. Yeah. Then you're like Okay, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think, well, hold on, they just made, you know, acoustic vibrations that are trying to get my attention directing in some, you know, like none of that happens. I, I immediately, what are they looking at? We're going 50 miles an hour. I need to know right now, right? Mm-hmm. Going way faster than my meat is built to go. We, mm-hmm. need, we need to be very, very acutely aware quickly without doing any of this yeah. background thinking about what, it, if they say, you know, pedestrian or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever person is probably what they'd say because it's fewer syllables, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just, I, I don't, I don't sit there and think about what they could possibly be trying to communicate to me, right? I see where they gesture and I swerve.
3: So one thing I don't I don't know if this is I think this is actually quite relevant. So so I now have two stories that are that, that are similar. Well, one of the stories happened very recently. The first was when I was a little kid I was playing on a beach and I, I heard this terrible rustling l- lunging at me from from the from the bushes and I and I out of my peripheral vision I could see something and my and I hallucinated that the, there was orange huh and i and I ran yeah. and it turned out it was just it was it was a pair of monitor lizards chasing each other with no no orange whatsoever, but like my brain was like basically literally saying tiger hmm. and, and like hallucinating a tiger there for me cool um and then the and then another recent thing happened i was I was snorkeling at night in the um in the ocean mm-hmm. and kind of shined my flashlight in a direction and saw just like a ghostly shape vanish into the, into the darkness. And my, my brain saw giant bull shark vanishing into the darkness. And then I realized later because, because they kept coming back, they were actually these big silver fish called tarpon, which are quite big, but not dangerous. Both of these instances are things which are funnily similar to, to the, to the post where I, literally hallucinated a scarier thing than what it actually was mm-hmm. because it was like a top down thing where it was like if it's the really scary thing you're going to really want to know that so that you can run mm-hmm. so it just made me see the scarier thing mm-hmm. which is which is like a higher level than just the semantic operation we're talking about cuz we're talking about words here yeah. but i'm like what i experienced i can tell you i i, I like saw a bull shark i saw a shark
1: but no there cool. was no
3: shark yeah. so, anyway
0: Huh. what's really cool about that is it, it vaguely relates to like the panpsychism or like genetic intelligence or gen- genetic memory mm-hmm. and it's like you've never ran from a tiger in your life right yeah. mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. you were primed to just in case mm-hmm. you know when you saw these two lizards yeah like, <laughs>
3: no, I, and, and i like my mom was after it happened was like why did you uh in a nice way why did you run like a little baby girl when, <laughs> when that happened and i was like i saw a tiger okay i mm-hmm. saw a tiger and, and it, anyway um it's really yeah, cool. It it is it is weird, right? But yeah. Anyway.
2: Yeah, our brains do this on on a lot of levels. I think his case for telepathy is particularly strong when you think about obscenities. Like we don't give a fuck about words like fuck anymore, right? <laughs> but there's certain words which just hearing someone to say them like puts you on edge immediately. Sometimes it gets your heart rate going. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. So um that that's just how your brain reacts with certain so, terms. some some words are like tigers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, the next post. Next post is the argument from Common Usage. Uh, we, I, I love this post a lot. Surely there is a social imperative to use words in a commonly understood way. Does not our human telepathy, our valuable power of language, rely on mutual coordination to work? It seems like a true thing, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I mean, we, we got to have some, some overlap, right? Otherwise, we'd have a hard time hunting food together. <laughs> right. <laughs> How do I know if we're talking about AI or shoes if we keep mm-hmm. yeah, not using the same words? Uh it is in our mutual interest that we use the same word for similar concepts. He's tries this back to uh the talk that we skipped over basically a couple of weeks ago um between sound whether mm. it makes a uh, sound when a tree falls in the forest. Albert's appeal to the argument from common usage is the sole pur- is for the sole purpose of rhetorically accusing Barry of breaking the agreement. And endangering the public good. He's like, you're not using sound the way everybody else uses sound. Barry responds by challenging Albert for the authority to define the word. So, at at this point, they're not actually talking about reality anymore. They're talking about who has the power to define words because that determines who wins the argument.
0: Right, neither of them are talking about trees and forests at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. This 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 is his point that when both sides know what the other side wants to say and both sides accuse the other side of defecting from common usage then whatever it is they are about it is clearly not working out a way to communicate with each other uh, which goes back to i guess what are you trying to use words for in the first place are you trying to communicate or are you trying to win some kind of political game here depends oh, it yeah, does I, depend yeah unfortunately yeah And uh, he ends with, if the question is how to cluster together similar things for purposes of inference, empirical predictions will depend on the answer, which means that definitions can be wrong. A conflict of predictions cannot be settled by an opinion poll. So uh, if your words refer to something in the real world, then your words can actually be wrong if you're using them in the wrong way. What's
0: cool about doing rationality as a community rather than just like as an isolated practice is like... Like you had said, we'll never go back to arguing about whether atheism is a religion or not, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, the goal is like that: a rationalist community will never burn days or or hours or weeks or months arguing about the definition of a word <laughs> that's really important, like while we're trying to figure out something, right? Uh-huh. Uh it, It's like oh, we can, we could actually just skip the whole thing that might actually just like schism a continent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, just, mm-hmm. oh yeah, <laughs> categories aren't real, and like that. That's it. That's that's the, that's the end of the actual like yeah. seeming debate. Yeah, yeah. I think that we still fall into those traps sometimes, but I feel like we we're trying as, as a community to be inoculated against that sort of category mistake. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is, which is h- helpful.
1: Yeah.
0: I can't remember if I said this last week or if I just thought it or last episode, but you know, like uh, this whole digression on language is, is I, I think one of the goals is like, I don't want to have two years worth of arguments with people, about what intelligence is yeah. when I'm talking about building an AGI. I mean, like th- so this is, this is all just setting the groundwork for like saying, read those. I'm not going to argue with it, argue with about it. And this is
2: me not dodging your argument. This is me saying that's a stupid argument to have. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just, I am sort of shocked how, how much this applies to the modern day when it was written 15 years ago and none of the current definitional arguments were on the horizon.
0: Yeah, it's startlingly apropos. Yeah. Yeah. If we have a time traveler, it might be Yudkowsky.
3: <laughs> yeah, could be. It, it's funny. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily always think that the, these debates that Eliezer has been having on different podcasts are... Um, the best thing ever mm-hmm. but it is always satisfying when somebody tries to be like aha i'm gonna i'm gonna weasel you into some specific definition of a word and then i'm gonna gotcha mm-hmm. and then eliezer is just like let like the ninja master just like casually deflects like let's let's not worry about the definition of a specific word what are you actually trying to say and they're like oh. <laughs> and people are so not used to that yeah. maneuver which is you know the one that we all use all the time yeah a good maneuver yeah
0: it's a big time saver and it does seem like (laughs) like you said like a like a magic kung fu move when you watch a lot of other arguments Mm -hmm. you know i i don't know actually if they're still friendly or not but like years ago sam harris and dan dennett had a big argument about free will Mm -hmm. and it's, I think, only because they use the words free will in their argument. <laughs> and, you know, Dan Dennett, you know, had that, like, nice essay on Rappaport's rules of of argument about, like, being able to restate your opponent's position so well that they thank you for putting it so eloquently. Mm-hmm. And the way that he, like, summarized Harris's book was, like, you know, this is such a great book and that illustrates all wrong ways to think about this. <laughs> and Harris is like, your, Harris replies, like, your, 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 you know, espoused Rappaport's rules utterly failed you. But the best thing you can say about it is that this is just great instruction on how poorly to think. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, at the end of the day, they actually don't agree. In they don't disagree on any observable. Okay. They, they they had like a nice podcast that was actually recorded like in a bar, uh-huh. and it's like, oh yeah, no. If Tiger Woods missed a shot, he could take the shot over and over. He's gonna miss it over and over. Yeah, of course. It's like there's there's no choice in there. It's just that's just that's just what happened. Mm. It's like, then what are we actually disagreeing about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of them had, had read these sequence posts yet. So, <laughs> i would be interested to see if they if if you know, I think Sam has actually read all of, of AI to zombies in the years since. Mm. If you'd still fall for that kind of argument
2: uh, or for that sort of, yeah, debate in the mm. future. But not if you took these to heart. It's true. Yeah. I do like the admonition that if you're trying to talk about reality, you can make empirical predictions which can't be tested. Mm-hmm. All right. For next time, our less wrong post will be Empty Labels and Taboo Your Words. That one rings a bell. Yes.
0: And that, that's where this all kind of pinnacles, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. But I won't spoil it, so we'll, yeah. we'll
2: be back in two weeks to talk about that one. I'd be surprised if more than 2% of our listeners don't already know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: But, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the big trick to solving this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, find out in two weeks. Yes.
2: Uh, anything else before I hit stop? Yeah, we've got to thank our uh, glorious benefactor Shh, for this episode. Right. Yes, we do. This week, we would like to thank Dan. Oh, God. You You belly? You belly? Your guess is as good as mine. Thanks, Dan. Dan Ubelly, thank you very much for helping support the podcast, um, helping us talk about our various blind spots, like which podcasts we should support with money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we always flounder <laughs> here, Matt. How, how do you eloquently navigate these this, this oh, situation? We we just we say thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, Move it's, on. It, the thing is, it sounds disingenuous if you just say thank. It, it sounds like you didn't give it like the emotional impact. It doesn't like it does when you gotta yeah. say it, but it's like. It, it doesn't feel like I'm giving it the emotional lift it deserves unless each one is, is specified or, you know, sp- special and, and articulately yeah. different. Yeah. But it, it's the same general vibe of, like, thanks, this means a lot. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we really do. It keeps us going. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Come back in two weeks. And uh, if anything has happened between now and when this releases two and a half weeks from now, not our fault. The future is unpredictable.
3: Yeah, Yeah. better just start adding that disclaimer to everything. I think. (laughs) I mean, usually we record two or three days before it releases. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Now it's like two and a half weeks in advance, and I'm like, well, maybe we'll have room room temperature superconductors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, this is an embarrassingly
0: out of date conversation on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never got a chance to bet anybody that you know, two to one odds at fifty bucks or whatever that this was going to be a nothing burger. Yeah. But it would have been it would have been a bet I would have been so happy to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, maybe next maybe next uh, physics breakthrough. We will. We will keep that in mind. Maybe we'll have it in a couple of weeks. We'll see that. Hell yeah.